Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. There's a woman in labor and she suddenly starts shouting, shouldn't, wouldn't, couldn't, can't, don't. And the doctor said, don't worry, those are just contractions. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I like that. (laughs) Yes, mate. (laughs) I'm so happy you guys like that. What I really liked about it was that you had a little giggle before you did the joke, so I yeah. knew it was going to be good. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, because to start with, I was going to be like, do I put myself here? Do I say like, oh, I was in the hospital with... But then I was like, I've never, you know, I've never... I don't have a kid. I've not been in that situation. So just tell it, just tell it straight. Wait, you don't? That's a good one. No, no. Kimmy thinks you have one, but I don't have one. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, he does. Reference to a previous episode that you should have all, all listened to. So did, did, have you rated it? This, this is the new, the new key bit. Okay, so I am going to give that Nate an eight. Ah, oh! an eight for Amazing. Nate. Amazing, eight for Nate. Wow, that genuinely I'm, I'm, I'm was really... possibly one of the best jokes I've heard in a long time. Wow, oh, I'm so, happy yeah. with that. I'm really happy with that. That's good. What a, what a good start to the show. Welcome to The Paddock, a podcast featuring stories following Formula One around the world. I'm Lawrence Barreto, senior writer at F1.com. I'm Chris Medland, F1 correspondent at Racer. And I'm Nate Saunders, F1 correspondent at ESPN. And nobody knows, but that was take two of the intro because Nate sneezed in the first one and I tried did. to do it stealthily and silently and it, uh, it went badly. It did. If you've ever tried to stealthily sneeze, you know that it just never works. Like it, any situation you're in, if you try and do a sneeze that isn't just a full-on, like, full-blown sneeze. It's going to... You're going to have a bad time. Just let it all out. Just let it all out. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you're not meant to suppress a sneeze, are you? I think it's... It's bad, it's bad for, for you, yeah. But, oh, you, you know, when you try and do it, and then it kind of, like, you just make a horrible noise instead when you're trying to be quiet. It's just painful. Oh, sneeze talk, huh, guys? <laughs> finally, we finally got it? to the... We finally got to the sneeze episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one they've all been waiting for. Yeah, they're like, thank God for this. I sat through five, five or six episodes and now <laughs> talking about sneezing. They're like, no, all this, this is... Formula One chat, I don't need this. I need to know about yeah. sneezing. This what is ty- like what, public what... service information though, isn't it? Like, that don't, is true. Don't hold in a sneeze. So anyone I... who said we were talking rubbish, this is actual information. I think I want Metis to record a public service announcement like later, just telling people not to, sneeze, not to suppress a sneeze. Ladies I, I and gentlemen, <laughs> no. Maybe, maybe later. Yeah. <laughs> need to get the wording right it's got to be clear and concise clear messaging you are a voiceover yeah. artist though aren't you Chris Medland uh, I have been in the past uh, as, you, as you'll notice I just said past as if I'm speaking posh because I'm in voiceover mode uh, but I haven't done that for a while Lawrence Barreto it's been some time uh, since my skills have been required in this arena okay <laughs> <laughs> if this is some sort of audition for more work it's not. I think you need to work on it <laughs> 
Yeah, you better hope there's no yeah. one listening, pr- prospective <laughs> employers for Chris Medlin. Like, this is Chris Medlin? <laughs> the voice? <laughs> yeah, I was this trying to think of a funny Chris nickname Medlin. for you. This is Chris Medlin. That's our new show name. This is <laughs> Chris Medlin. You can see him in the first series of Netflix, Drive to Survive, but not, unfortunately, the second series. Yeah. Or the third, probably, either. Or the third. But you are in, the, you are in Amazon Prime's Alonso, uh, oh. Fernando, or whatever they're called it. I haven't watched Falonza. that yet. <laughs> the, uh, what, yeah, whatever it's called. Um, yeah, I, I, mean, I tried to... Great promo here. I tried to hype promo. it up as like a, a big transfer from Netflix to Amazon Prime. But um, realistically, it wasn't that at all. It was no, just... you do play a big part in it. I've only watched episode one. It's you oh, and cool. Benson. You and Andrew Benson of the BBC. Mm. Um, I like how and... in all of these things as well, they, they, Netflix filmed you kind of slightly side on and then Net, and Amazon have filmed you like... 45 degrees sideways so i imagine that sometime you're gonna just be like abba you know the knowing me knowing you video where you're just facing facing across the across the like camera a silhouette. With, I love it. yeah but with 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 like benson looking down the screen at you so you're both talking about alonzo and one of you saying something while the other's like uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> that'll be that'll be up to season two when he wins the championship <laughs> i always thought my aha moment was gonna be more alan partridge than abba but that's it's good to know no, no it's gonna be that <laughs> and uh, please, anyone, anyone wondering what we're talking about? The, you, you, you are in the trailer, aren't you? The Fernando trailer. Yeah, I don't know if you see me in it. I think you do. I remember because I remember watching it before we had the Alonso press conference, and I was like, "Oh, there's Meadows again." <laughs> the press conference that I wasn't invited to. So mm. I was, I was in the show. Everyone asked, like, is everyone going on this Alonso thing later for Amazon Prime, and I had no idea it even existed. So uh, yeah, burned. But you made the cut. Meadows, you didn't end up on the cutting room floor. So that is what's important. They clearly cared about what you said. Or were that desperate. Or that yeah. desperate. Yeah. Which is a bit like this podcast, like you two needed a third wheel. So <clears throat> I, I know my place and I'm fine with it. I know. The other lads have said no, so we had to take you on. Sorry. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. It's all right. It's fine. it's fine. I've been here since the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is all down to you. It used to be called the Big Tuna. Yeah. That was big tuna, yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. Uh, that was in the very early pilot stage. It was that that first episode. I listened back to it the other day. The, my audio is shambolic. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm amazed you guys let me carry on beyond that. It sounds like I'm underwater <laughs> and and dying underwater as well. Like not even just like floating underwater, just literally like like suffocating underneath. Well, for anyone who wants a history lesson, um, Nate survived that because there was actually a pilot before the pilot. Uh, that involved a fourth member, which is Lawrence Edmondson, as we keep mentioning. And Lawrence Edmondson did not have a microphone, I don't think. Mm. And I don't think he had headphones either. But he also sat himself right next to an open window for a busy main road in London. Um, and I don't even know if it's open, but he had like single glazing. Whatever it was, it was so loud um, that basically much of his audio was unusable. And trying to kind of correct it all and stuff, it was just impossible. So... Uh, admittedly, he then sat there quietly for most of it to make sure he didn't ruin the audio. And then it meant that we were like, oh, well, falls the crowd. So, yeah. uh, like Pete said, Best. thank you for your sacrifice. He was the Pete Best kind of, was that, was that the name of the guy who was the drummer before Ringo and the Beatles? That's what Lawrence Edmondson is. Pete Best. Wow. I, I, um, I, I, I'm going to try and sorry. verify this fact. For it is Pete Best. Um, I know it's Pete Best. I know for a fact it is. Yeah, he's so right. but, we don't have, but we don't have Pete... a Ringo. We don't have a Ringo, though, do we? No, we We're didn't. Just three. Yeah, Pete Best was the fifth Beatle. 
It was indeed. I, I suppose we could have a, we could introduce a guest format, couldn't we? We could, we could bring do. a guest for for a segment or two. Oh no, Nate's Nate's not too sure. Medlin no, I'm nodding. Used. I'm like I'll t- I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm nodding, but my face my face is my face usually says no. That's what someone uh, told me the other day. My face says no a lot when. <laughs> And I yeah, like, what does I that mean? No, I see your face and think no as well quite often. <laughs> um, yeah, we could we could do that. We we did actually talk about maybe some imposters every now and then. Um, I'm still can't wait till Nico Hulkenberg comes on the show to uh, roast Nate. Mm. So I I do think Nico would like a cameo appearance on this show if he knows the backstory. I think I think if he Let's understands Nate, I think Let's we do could. It. So, Nico, no. if you're listening, because obviously you are listening, um, you are more than welcome to join this show whenever you like, if you're not standing in for a sick racing point driver. Yeah, yeah. which, let's face it, it <laughs> almost certainly will be at this point. Or any other driver, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. The rate's going. Yeah. Uh, exactly. This would be a good opportunity, Nate, for you to tell us another Nico Hulkenberg interview story. I don't think I've got any others. Um, I've told the two. That went or did it although, like the plague. although we he, he he should be on the ESPN F1 podcast with me next week, so um, yeah, I don't think we'll, it won't be as fun as this one. We won't bring up Germany last year. We'll save that for the pad hoc. But so maybe I can re- maybe well, Holkenberg and I can can you know redeem, you riff. redeem things. I think <laughs> yeah, riff. riff. Yeah, yeah. We That's can what riff. I was hoping you said. Shoot, yeah. we, can, we can shoot the shit. We can riff. Uh, I said that I said that purely to justify the explicit rating for for Medlin for later. When he's <laughs> um, and uh, so yeah, but no, we should definitely get him on. I think people would like to hear that. That'd be funny. Um, he was in really good form in where where was it? When did he just come back from Germany? Yes, Nurburgring. Hello, I can't remember. The race is all coming too thick and fast. I can't keep up. Two days ago, you got back from there. No, I know, but I couldn't remember just yesterday that where I got <laughs> Yeah, this is meant to be. Up. This is meant to be anywhere between October, November, and December <laughs> that we're talk, that we're talking to you guys. Twenty twenty three. Yeah. Okay. More generically, if Chris does a good cut, Nico's been in great form this year. There we go. That works. <laughs> no, it's it? fine. I was, I was, <laughs> I was happy with it. I was the one dating it. I'm good with it. Um. Okay. Um. Well, my favourite Nico Hulkenberg interview, just to, as a tangent, was when he just blew a raspberry at me at the Monaco Grand Prix and we stood by a swimming pool. And that goes down as one of the most random um, interview locations that I've ever had. Um, I interviewed Michael Schumacher at the top of a, the um, Mercedes motorhome in Valencia. I flew in for a day and that was quite cool with like the harbour in the background. Um, but as a non-sport, as a non, not non-sporting, non-Formula One related interview, the most random place I've ever interviewed someone was Ronnie O'Sullivan, a uh, wow. snooker player, in a betting shop in Holborn on, on the high street. They, they set up a full-size snooker table, and we played a frame. And before this, I'd never played on a snooker table before. I'd only played on a pool table. So he broke off. Is that right? Is that the right phrase? I don't know. He broke. Break, broke? He broke? Okay. Uh, I potted a red, a pink, and a red and he and you could see the look on his face. He was like, "Oh, this is bad." So then, just cleared up. Yeah. But I scored seven. What is that? Six, seven, eight points against Ronnie O'Sullivan. That's pretty cool. Eight successive points. So you were eight zero up at that point. Yep. <clears throat> and then wow. I don't know. He cleared up and he got over obviously a century. So, but yeah, wow. but I scored eight points. So I was delighted. Anyway, it was random because it was in a betting shop. 
Um, we had a few people standing around. It was great. So that was that's my probably my most random interview location, which I appreciate isn't Formula One related. Um, but um, I just wanted to tell you guys about it. No, I, I, you I like that. What a what a whirlwind of a story. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was great. Um, couple questions. Go for um, it. Why you missed a great opportunity to do a, a reference to the office there, and say that Ronnie O'Sullivan went, "Oi, no professionals to you after you got the eight points." So you know that's a shame. Oh, the UK office, by the way, not the US office. I like both shows, but I quote the the UK one more. Um, and my second question, oh yeah, um, was was he not? Is he a nice guy, Ronnie O'Sullivan? Is he a bit of a bit of a no? Nutter? He's a great guy. So um, before we started the interview, we ended up talking for ten fifteen minutes about running because he was getting into running at that point, and so he was actually just giving me tips. And he was he, he was the one who told me to go and stand on a tre- run on a treadmill and um, work out what kind of shoe I needed and what kind of way that what's the profile that you run that you can, if you put a camera behind you when you're running, it can work out what kind of style of runner you are. So then you can get a shoe that fits it. So he was the one who told me to do that. And then I did it. And it if helped. The, if the shoe it. fits, that's what you said. <laughs> can I, if I, if I, if, if I hosted point. a running, sh- a running shop, if I, if I hosted one, why don't I say if I hosted a running shop, if I owned a running shop, I'd call it if the shoe fits. I can't believe no one does that. Anyway, Meadows, I'm going to talking done. for like a minute and then let Meadows talk. <laughs> I was just going to say like, that that helped you out. And who are the the two people on this podcast who currently carrying injuries and can't run? Yeah. Well, hang on, hang on. Well, I am currently carrying an injury, but that is because um, I was running too much. So it's my own fault. No, yes. because you're, you're. Well, I assume it's partly because you're not fully comfortable when you're running. No, Chris. <laughs> yes, yes, it, yes, it is. <laughs> I ran too long with my the current shoes, and so I've since got new shoes. But the damage has been done by then, so <clears throat> I'm having to rest up. But do not worry, I will. I will be back on the track. I know. I, I know sh- you're looking for competition, Meadows. So don't worry. I'm yes, work. and don't look. Don't look too closely yet, because he's quite a long way behind you. But Nate Saunders in your rearview mirror. He's <laughs> coming. He's coming. He's five minutes thirty is my new pace now for a kilometer which is pretty damn good no so i was 645 at the start of the year so i've you know, rapid. I'm, on, I'm absolutely rapid i mean i'm still slower than everyone in the park progress. yeah <laughs> slow, slower than pretty much everyone in the park but you know i'll take it see we're all about lap times around here we're all about speed exactly um I, I still need to see my lap time in a go-kart now that i've now that i've lost a bit of weight don't i because I, I used to i just used to not cart with you guys was mainly meadows because i was always like like 13 seconds off the pace or something stupid. I want to know how much of that gap was just me being bad at karting. I'm sure it's still quite a lot. And how much was that I'm carrying a lot of weight? No, I think you'd be surprised actually, because I went, as giving him another shout out, but I went karting with Lawrence Evanson uh, a few weeks ago and I, I beat him, but he's normally a bit quicker than me. And he said afterwards, he's like, you keep saying that you're not very good, but you keep like just beating me or like we have close races. Like, I don't know why you keep saying that. And I always say it's all down to the weight difference. And he thought it closed up a lot. And then we looked and I've got about 10 kilos on him, which it's got to be a good sort of like quarter of a second a lap. So it does make a, it, it, well, I feel like it makes a big difference anyway. Um, but it's funny that you just mentioned karting and then uh, Brett is talking about funny interview places. But I once did an interview with Davide Valsecchi at a karting track uh, where it was um, Abu Dhabi, this really tight, twisty, rubbish version that they used to have. They've replaced it now with a much better one. Uh, but he taught me how to, be quicker in a go-kart well that was the concept of the interview oh um it was really cool. cool it was and it's when he'd won the gp2 championship so it was like being coached by the champion was like the 
idea. And he, um, he was rapid, like really quick, but he was kind enough to let me go out first and follow me and tell me, you know, where I needed to get better. But the problem I had was like, I hadn't eaten anything all day and it was this tight, twisty track. And I think I just downed a load of water beforehand or you know, drank a fair bit. Cause I was like, not feeling a hundred, like not being fresh before getting in this cart. And I was like, you know, I should have eaten more. Um, and after a 15 minute stint got out and I was like, I needed that 15 minutes to end. Cause I was feeling a bit queasy and went back out and I managed about five minutes before I was like, I'm going to throw up like driving this go-kart if I don't stop. Um, so I only managed 20 minutes out there, but he'd given me some tips about where I could go quicker. Uh, but the best, the best part I remember that interview, there's a photo of it as well. Um, Mark Sutton was taking the photos and um, he's got a photo of us looking at the kind of circuit map and uh, Davide's pointing out different corners. He's like, you know, you can see, you know what you're doing. You went quickly out the pits. Da, da, da. Here, you're okay. And he went, here, no, here you're shit. Uh, and then you get to here, and here you're really shit. Um, so there's this point where we're both laughing and pointing at the circuit. It looks like a lovely photo. And basically, this guy's telling me how crap I am. Um, so yeah, that's probably one of the weirder um, moments in the interview I've had. Um, and I, I bet there's a lot of F1 drivers that would like to tell me I'm shit and, and really shit. Um, but they just don't get the opportunity. So I, I think I should uh, offer them it up more often. You need to give them that chance. Yeah. You yeah. Do. Yeah. I, I will do actually. I might, a bit like we now rate your jokes, Nate, at the start of this podcast. I might, at the end of each interview I do, just be like, right, break that out of 10. Here's your chance. Off the record. Well, your, your interview or your yeah, cartoon? Yeah. Yeah. Another <laughs> interview. Um, and be like, yeah, how shit was that for you? And, uh, and we'll see. But I like that. Keep yeah. us posted on how that goes. I will. I will. Um, I'd have to get an interview first. They they yeah. seem tough. People give you interviews all the time, Meadows. It's got it genuinely got harder though. The amount I had to request this week for different bits of work, and certain people saying, "Oh, there's, you know, we don't have time for this, don't have time for that, or we can't do it here." Um, it's just it's a mindset, isn't it? That the less work people do, the less they want to do. And now yeah. that there's like uh, all interviews are done for us as print when we're doing print media stuff via mm-hmm. Zoom, even if you're at the circuit or not, and they're just like closing that window down even further because they're like, well, it's, it's a strange year. So we don't want to put too much pressure on the drivers. Uh, and by pressure, they mean, you know, sit in front of a yeah, laptop and answer a few questions. But never mind, I'm just going off on a rant. No, I liked it. Um, for me, weirdest interview was, it's, it's, it's related to a, a track. Um, so it was Austin last year, McLaren in the morning. I think it must have been, they were Fridays, weren't they, those the hot laps the hot laps yeah mm-hmm. so that, that morning shot, thursday i think yeah, pretend, yeah it might have been thursday um, but charlotte sefton from mclaren messaged me saying we've got a space in one of the mclaren hot lap um laps later with lando do you want one i was like yeah of course so i basically ran down there and i was like what you know they film it mclaren are really good they film it they, they send you the the thing and i was like well i should really use this opportunity to uh to film something and espn being in we're going big on the US Grand Prix, obviously, because it's the home race. So I was like, this would be some great content. So basically just ask Lando some quick fire questions in this McLaren. And Lando was like, he wasn't holding back on this lap. Everyone's seen the Jimmy Butler um, lap where he's like, oh, you driving, driving. Like, I felt like that where he was like, you're going too, f-. He's like, you're going too fast. You're going too fast. So I was like, geez, this is super quick, especially through the S's. So I'm trying to ask him these questions. And uh, it's on YouTube still. Like, I uh, but I, I was holding onto my notepad so much. I basically bent it in two, you know, and I'm asking him these questions and it was, it was, so it, it's not, maybe not as random as like playing Ronnie O'Sullivan, but being on a racetrack with a race driver, I think we've all done one, haven't we? A hot lap, but it is super, mm-hmm. it's super, I mean, it's, it's amazingly fun to do, but you're also halfway around the circuit. Like this is just weird. Like it's just kind of cool and weird and like completely bizarre. Um, 
But I was really pleased. It's one of the best interviews I've done purely because I managed somehow to interview him the whole way around the lap without losing, completely losing my cool. And I think Lando enjoyed it afterwards. He was like, that was quite fun. And when, when, when we stopped, those cars get so hot. I was just like sweating buckets. It was already quite warm anyway. And he pulls up and I was like, okay, I need to, I need to take, a, take, take a moment just to, just to get my bearings back. And you get out of the car and like, you know, your hand's shaking a little bit just because of how fast the car is. So that was pretty random. That was pretty cool. Did you uh, give him a high five, Nate? I no, so I shook his hand at the end of that, and that is, is for anyone listening who has seen any of Meadows' Twitter over the past couple of years will know that when there's a red flag, there is a uh, picture of a rather large journalist with a uh, McLaren driver called Rudy Van Buren getting completely, well, I'd say shown up. Left hanging. the right word. Left hanging. He puts his arm out for, for a high five. Rudy Van Buren looks away. That's me doing my first hot lap with a McLaren driver, Germany 2018. Um, and it's become quite legendary. So whenever I'm in those situations now, I'm like, I've got to make sure I get the handshake. So I remember it, at the beginning of that, I was like, make sure Lando's looking at you and then you put your hand out and then shake hands. And I didn't want it. I didn't want red flag gate two. That, uh, that reminds me of like, yeah, the first, I think it was the first hot lap I ever did was Canada a couple of years ago. So do you remember Monaco where uh, Ricardo won? So it might've been 2017 um, or 2018. And Verstappen crashed in final practice and misqualifying, I think, um, or crashed in qualifying, one or two. He, he, had, he had a shunt again in Monaco and got to Canada. And all these questions aimed at him were about, you know, are you going to change? You keep doing this, like Monaco especially, you keep like, overdriving. Like when are you going to stop making these um, mistakes? especially from like uh, tabloid media. And I was hosting the official press conference with Max in it. And it got to the point where he said he was going to headbutt someone if he got another question on it. Like it was, it was, it was his answer. I think it was to Phil Duncan from PA. It was like, um, he got another one about, about the crash of Monaco. He's like, if, you know, I don't care anymore. Like if I keep getting questions about it, I'm going to headbutt someone. And you're like, oh great, he's in a great mood. I walked out of that press conference, dropped my stuff, got told oh, you got a hot lap. Uh, and lucky you, it's with Max. So I walk straight in. The first thing he do, does out of that press conference is goes and gets an Aston Martin to do hot laps on the track. And so I'm thinking he's clearly fired up. And then he sees the guy that's just hosted the press conference where he's been really angry getting in. And I'm just like, please don't, please don't kill me. Um, and he was actually great. I was very impressed with how like, you know, completely different environment, switch modes. Um, but then I, I went for a fist bump on the back straight towards the final chicane because it's quite a long straight. And in a road car, it does take a little bit longer. So mm. I remember saying like, this is really cool. And then just being like, now what? And there's cameras on, so like try try and do something fun. So I just like went for a fist bump, and he did he did respond with one, which didn't leave me hanging. But I think he thought about it. I think it was that moment where he's like, "Oh God, this guy." And then <laughs> do I? And then no, yeah, might as well. <laughs> Too much grief if I don't. So um, yeah, I got somewhere. I'm gonna find the screen, the the differing screenshots to put them up, where it's like I'm getting a fist bump while we're doing 200 kilometers an hour, and Nate getting left hanging, sat on the pit straight. Unbelievable that only one of them has seen the light of day, Meadows. I feel like, <laughs> you know, there's two there that we could have had over this time. Instead, there's just been mine. Well, no, because mine, mine was a good one. Like, he didn't... Yeah, but yours could, be, yours could be the, the end of the red flag or the green flag or whatever. <laughs> the end of the red flag or the green flag. Yeah, yeah that's which how, is that's the how same it works. Thing. Yeah. This has been Nate Saunders' F1 hour. That's <laughs> 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 why they pay me, that's why they pay me bucks. Some, some bucks. Some bucks. Do we? No, no, not you guys. Just my ESPN. Okay. Uh, at least I think I do. I haven't had my. I haven't been paid this month yet. That might. That might be. Uh oh. Um, no, I, I can confirm. They they don't shortchange me. They pay me very fairly. 
and on time. <laughs> just big up, Nate. Clar- big up. <laughs> Clar- yeah, I'm just going to stop talking again. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should call it there. I think I think Nate's going to end up with a, a lawsuit yeah. from his employer at this rate. <laughs> yeah, he needs to go talk to HR. Unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nate. Well, thanks very much. Good way to end. Thanks very much, chaps, for joining. End end so what the podcast? My career. Your career. <laughs> yeah. No, Nate, you'll be around for a long time. Don't worry. Ever since oh. that, F, that BBC F1 live text, you've been going from strength to strength. I have. That was, yeah, humble beginnings. Another, another reference to an old podcast. I did go listen to them. Um, yeah. And you'll be able to do that if you hit subscribe. So please do. Um, thanks very much for listening. Really appreciate it. We've also got a Twitter handle very recently, uh, at the Padhock. You can follow us on Facebook page. You'll get to see more pictures of various things that we talk about on these podcasts. Thanks again for listening. Thanks, Chris, for your time. You can read his work on race.com. Thanks very much, Nate. You can read his work on ESPN.com. I feel like ESPN gets a good airing on this podcast. So you're it welcome, does. Nate. It does, you're especially welcome. because you, you seem to struggle with saying .com after ESPN. So you always get to ESPN.com. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I do. So apologies. But um, maybe try, I'll say Try ESPN. once more. Go on. I believe in you. You could read Nate's work on ESPN.com. Yes. 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 <laughs> He's yeah. done it. <laughs> He's done it. The irony is, dear listeners, I have this all written down and I still even struggle to do it, even when it's obviously <laughs> done. So, uh, yes. But anyway, I'll continue. You can read my work on F1.com as well. Thanks again for listening. I've thanked you a lot. So I really hope you understand how much we are grateful that you do listen. Uh, we'll do this again sometime. Bye. Thanks. Bye. 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 Network.